2: You're listening to 93.7 The Ticket's coverage of Early National Signing Day. Sponsored by Member's Own Credit Union on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back to old school with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: What up? We're back. Jay Foreman, Austin Orman, old school. DP is off uh, doing his thing. We want to give a, another shout out to Damon Benny and Steve Warren, uh, two former teammates, obviously uh, calling in and blessing us with knowledge, obviously from due to two different perspectives, obviously with Damon and his son in the class. And then Steve, as the godfather of development in Nebraska, uh, has a very unique uh, perspective as well and has had an um, impact on Nebraska as far as developing kids and getting kids to not only the University of Nebraska, but other schools. I mean, he had Noah Fant, who was a top 10 pick um I can go on and go on uh guys that he's you know had from very early and then they went off and did some great things Harrison Phillips you know obviously with the Stanford still playing in the NFL and then a host of Huskers and and so forth and so on so um really really you know really good information obviously I think it's really good also to have uh different perspectives on there because I think it's just hey man you know this recruiting thing with the transfer portal gets intense but you know, I think that it was really, really handled well. And you look at it. Um, I was looking at 2023's class, heavy on defensive line, not so much this year, right? Mm-hmm. With the transfer portal guys, mm-hmm. and adds a couple other guys, uh, a lot of guys in the in the class itself, right? We think of Riley Van Poppel, uh, who played like a. I mean, he had to stop at, you know, Illinois. He's re- he didn't look like a freshman. Um, you, you know, you saw Judy start to come on towards the end of the year. He had a block field goal, but started to mm-hmm. you started to see some some activity there along with Nash and, and uh, Ty and a, a host of other guys. And then you look at it like heavy on offensive line again this year, which is when Matt rules has said, we're trying to, you know, build across the lines. And then you think, uh, you know, you lose a lot in the defensive back backfield. They hit some defensive backs and now look at it you know, in receiver six and six. Right. But when you have a, you know, a numerous amount of athletes it can go both ways. So you can kind of get over and dated in one or, or not. And then, um, you know, receiver, you know, this year is going to be huge, you know, to go along with the three or four freshmen they had last year that made some impact and particularly three, you know, with, with uh, Malachi Coleman, Lloyd and Doss, you know, got in a lot towards the end of the year because they had to. And, um, you know, it, it's good, then they got, a, you know, a couple tight ends as well. Obviously Carter Nelson, you know, is, is at the top of that list and, and some of the other guys. So I think overall, it's a good stat or a good, a good, a uh, good class of, highly ranked players that you maybe see pop right away, some development, the guys that need to develop, maybe need a year or two. And then guys that are going to either swing your class to really, really good or, uh, kind of like a, you know, right where they're at ranked at right now. What do you think?
2: Yeah. It's a, for being a big class, it's a good mix of guys. I'm glad you brought up tight end. That's a position that I don't think has gotten talked a lot, a whole lot about the other guys outside of Carter Nelson. hate to call them the other guys in that class, but, um, (laughs) You know, yeah. Neil Smith's son Keelan. Is yeah. he a tight end? Is he a big body wide receiver? What does he turn into? Yep. Um, the the Ian Flint guy from Texas yep. had some guys saying, watch out for him, he's an under the radar one. The one I didn't really understand adding to the class, but maybe it's because they see something I don't was Ingerson from, yeah. from Papio. You know, that's when I thought they were pretty full there already. Thought they had some guys, but Fedoni was okay this year. His yeah. first real action, Barkatcher didn't do as much as I thought he would. Lyndon Meyer didn't early flash. So if Nebraska's targeting that many tight ends, they must want to use them. Right. And that yeah. pro style kind of offense. We heard Matt Rule bring up the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, they've used a lot of, you know, uh, 12 personnel and, and 21 personnel in years past. Having those versatile pieces that you can move around, mix and match depending on matchup. It makes a lot of sense. So, I, I love what Nebraska is doing at the tight end position and hope we see more out of that position moving forward. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, it's, it, it, when you got Ian Flint and you, you think, of, you know, Ingerson, those guys are already 245 pounds where they can set the edge, right? When mm-hmm. you're trying to be physical, you need some offense or you need some tight ends that can set the edge. And and Borchardt and Fedoni got better as the season went on and uh, Linda Meyer as well. But he's a true freshman. Right. And you got to think he's from Papio, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. One of the schools, I know they got mm-hmm. like four of them up there. So, you got a little bit of intel on Eric Ingersoll, and then you think of, of Smith, Keelan Smith, and then also you think of Carter Nelson. You have guys that can play tight end, maybe backside. You know, Both of them are right around 200 pounds. They say they get up to 215. But more importantly, though, Austin, if you're very, very young and green on the outside as far as the receivers, if you're able to get guys combined with some of the guys they got last year and the guys on the mm-hmm. roster as far as tight end, Carter Nelson uh, and and Keelan Smith, Fit that hybrid position, right. to where you can transition quicker, right, because you're setting up matchups, right. Carter mm-hmm. Nelson and Keelan Smith against the Jay Foreman, they like that matchup, even though they're very young, right. Mm-hmm. And so you're not having to set the edge against a 250, 60 pound defensive end, and you're outweighed and out in strength <laughs> right. and experience, or try to block him, get up and try to either decide to block the the onside linebacker or the safety dropping drop it, dropping in the box. Whereas you can get them backside and it's either literally A or B, most likely A. Then you get a favorable matchup backside if they choose to do so and they develop. So, I think it's really really good to have four of them in there, mm-hmm. but they're it's like two and two. And also, if you look at Keelan Smith, who I think explosiveness wise is gonna be the biggest surprise because he played in the 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 biggest you know class uh, in Missouri, but when you watch his tape he is extremely explosive for a big dude for a big dude. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm talking about in and out of breaks. He's running it. He in also, he's gotten a lot better. Mm. And, you know, he, I think mentally and becoming that kind of dog mentality, that lead dog mentality and no. And the thing about it, I think he got better as more eyes got on him. So what does that mean? of like
2: what Daywin was saying right, with uh, Caleb,
1: right? Competitive nature, mm. internally motivated. That's what you like to see. So I like it right there. And then obviously, when you get Grant Bricks and they, you know, obviously went to uh great lengths, they brought the big old Nebraska truck up there <laughs> and uh put it, you know, it, you know, like I guess in his lawn or wherever it was. I mean, it, I don't think he had a choice out of that, <laughs> right? I don't think anybody was, you know, really thoughtful enough to bring a big old uh semi there up there. But then also the guy that's just because of where he lives right now, isn't isn't getting a lot of run. You think Preston Tamua, a big mm-hmm. man, though. Right. Mm-hmm. Six four, three fifteen, and looks for a high school kid, looks look really good for a six four, two fifteen kid. Uh, obviously you have Donovan Rayola, then you have uh Dylan or D- Donovan Rayola, Dylan Rayola. Both are from Hawaii, makes mm-hmm. that transition easier. Ben Scott as well. So there he's able to essentially fly halfway across the it seems like the world and across the country to Nebraska and transition faster then also develop faster on and off the field.
2: There's been a lot of talk about Nebraska recruiting Texas and Pennsylvania, and obviously Florida and California are big. But that Polynesian pipeline has kind of dried up for Nebraska recently. Right. Not as many high-impact players as you would have thought. I mean, Noah Pola-Gates was pretty highly rated, didn't do really anything at Nebraska. So to see uh, the Riola family come back, I think that's pretty big. There's some talent coming out of Hawaii. remember a couple of years ago, Nebraska got that uh, Ho'Huli. Uh, yeah. Linebacker from yeah. out there, those pretty highly rated. There's a pipeline there. If Donovan Raiola can tap into that, if Dylan has connections back there, I think that's an under, you know, utilized, you know, kind of buried beneath the surface pipeline right. for Nebraska that on on the down low they can bring some guys in. Talmua is an interesting guy. I've had some conversations with Brian Munson about him, where Nebraska wants him to finish out high school, make sure everything's in order, come in in the summer, and then really hit it hard there. Right. That's a guy that has some room to add on to that frame right oh yeah. as big as he is now he's going to be a monster in a couple yeah. Of years
1: yeah if you want to really what what Nebraska would like to see the end product, look at the oregon state uh left tackle and then look at mm-hmm. the University of Arizona left and right tackle both of them are supposed to go in top ten right big, strong, physical, but quick feet and heavy hands mm-hmm. uh, he fits all that there's one guy right here I'm going to tell you I watched the tapes and I do a black shirt breakdown uh for rivals there is Landon Davidson. And I saw his state, Listen, you talk about play with do a play with an edge. Hmm. That that edge is razor razor sharp. He's a big dude, 6'4", 308 pounds, three hundred pounds, but he can move in space. And he's not playing any games now. Granted, mm-hmm. doing it in high school and doing it in college, but he only can play against who he he's getting played against. <laughs> and he was not playing games, and he and he was. A, I would say he was an equal opportunities right. DB, you can get some linebacker, you can get some. D-line, you definitely going to get it. <laughs> So he was just giving it to everybody. I like it because he's coming in under the radar, right? The lowest rated offensive lineman that's on Oh, him and Jake Peters. Again, mm-hmm. same mentality, right? Uh Alexander R- 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 Ruger, Ruger Ruger, Roli walking on preferred walk on eventually will probably be on scholarship, Jake Peters, Davidson. And I will tell you, tell you this, you, I'm going to throw Ian Flint in there, even though he's a tight end, he has an offensive line mentality Right. those three they set the they set the the tone and they mm-hmm. and they will they will pop like early in camp and stuff like that to where you got to potentially make a decision on their four games or if they go over four games they all move well they all finish they all are at a good weight that they're not coming into college with bad weight you know what that i'm saying they
2: have to lose and then regain
1: right so i think what, what just from what i see right is that they're coming in at a weight that they can carry right now that they're big enough to hit the initial measure measurables, but they're not. So take Gibson Pyle, 285. He's not six four, three hundred and five pounds, and he has twenty pounds of kind of just added weight that he necessarily doesn't need, especially at the high school level. He can continue and slowly but surely get bigger, faster, and stronger. And that's what you want with all your, you know, players that are coming in. Mm-hmm. But in particular, in my uh, my opinion, the offensive line, so you can get the development, keep the quickness or gain some quickness, and then also develop the strength and put on the good weight versus you're getting here and you're like, okay, I'm 308 pounds, but should I be weighing 308 pounds at 18 years old? Mm -hmm. Right. You know, is a good weight. Can I move or have I lost some of the speed and quickness that, uh, I had your, that made me appealing to Mm -hmm. numerous power five schools. So it's it's very interesting how they went about it. Obviously I think Davidson is, he, he carries that weight well. And I mean, he it real real well.
2: You add those guys to Gatula, to Sledge, to yep. Evans, Jenkins. What do you see for the future of the Nebraska run game with those guys? Yeah. What's it going to look like?
1: I think I think you want to be able to be I guess I, I'll use the catchphrase multiple, right? Sure. You want are going to want to you're going to want to be able to get up in third and two and be, hopefully be a foregone conclusion we're going to be able to get it whether it's the I don't know. Uh, well, we got to come up with a name. It can't whether be, They're
2: playing Iowa or Northern it Iowa. It can't
1: be it can't be tush push Well, We've got to come up with the uh, <laughs> the corn husker cradle or whatever, whatever <laughs> we can get it going straight ahead. Mm-hmm. But then you want to have big enough guys that can get out there on the perimeter and block in space and, you know, be a little bit, you know, not so predictable in the run game that helps the the passing game. That helps the short area passing game. It helps the initial, I call it conventional run game. Mm-hmm. It helps the, the potential to have the periodic RPO game. And then more importantly, it helps the pack play action game. So I think, when you look at the way that these offensive linemen are coming in, you see movement right away. You're seeing guys that can move. So then it's like, okay, we know you can move. You got quickness. We'll get you in our weight program, all-season program, to get you quicker, bigger, faster, stronger, then develop you on the field at the simultaneously. And that's how you're able to get better athletes out there that's going to allow you to you know, run multiple different blocking schemes. When you look at a team that you would like to probably fashion your offensive line you know, after is like Michigan. They got big guys, but they're not, you know, 330, 340. You don't see that. What do you see? You see guys, all of them about 305, 310 at the most, 295, and all can move. And mm-hmm. they and they can play with some uh they they can play with the same type of intensity and in, in physicalness in the first quarter and the third and fourth quarter. Why? Is because they've systematically have added good weight. So they're not losing their cardio. They're not losing their ability to think under pressure or bend or anything like that as the game goes on. And that's a unique quality um, that has to be, you know, in the evaluation process as well.
2: When you say guys that can move too, I think of it in two other aspects. Number one, getting off the ball quick, making first contact, and then maintaining that athletic stance, not standing straight up or not getting pushed over. When you say these guys are athletes that can get out there and move to that second level, that tells me that they should be pretty quick off the ball right. and able to maintain that stance and not get pushed around either.
1: Yeah, and you, you know, one thing when I look at it, I look at how they move when they pull, and are they able to be tight when they pull? Because these are things, you're, you when you evaluate these kids, look, Grant Bricks is playing, obviously was playing against, <laughs> he's bigger and stronger than everybody, <laughs> right. but is he moving? Is he able to turn the corner and then, you know, drop his hips and really get into somebody and finish blocks Can he block in space to, you know, maybe he needs to get, You know, he's going downfield after a long run. Can he kind of somehow get his hands on a little squirrely defensive back? That's how you can evaluate whether he can move in space. And so getting off the ball is huge. And the improvement that we saw across the offensive line of being able to get off the ball and at times, you know, really run the ball effectively. And then also at times, especially late in the season, pass protect effectively, allow these guys to come in and learn and develop and versus throwing them out there and then you kind of it's almost like I would say to David Carr, you threw him out there. And then you gotta you're out there, you're learning, yes, but you're taking a lot more losses than wins. You want to be able to get these guys out there when they're able to to win some battles and develop along the way.
2: And you bring up David Carr, is gonna go there next with this offensive line too. I mean, priority one in a lot of fans' minds is keep the number one prospect in the class, you know, QB yeah. one of the future upright. Sacks go on quarterbacks, right? They're the ones oh, that get yeah. hit, but sacks I think are often held against the offensive line understandably yeah. so but at the same time to the untrained eye it seems like nebraska's quarterbacks have either stepped into a lot of sacks or not yeah. did a, done a good job of setting the pocket for their offensive linemen all the time
1: yeah sometimes i mean obviously i think a few years ago obviously where you're that was part of the offense where you know adrian was so really so great of, of, of making magic off schedule it almost became part of an offense but sometimes <laughs> it, you know and that's just uh, actually I, I look at more of a credit to adrian because he was just that effective of a quarterback. But sometimes you can go to that well too much, and then you can kind of, again, take some sacks you shouldn't. But we saw even, like, early in the first game of the season, I felt like one of the interceptions that uh, Sims threw, I felt like the offensive, he had so much time. It was, like, almost too much. I mm-hmm. was like, you have to do something. There's been, there was multiple times where you they had it blocked up against some good rushes. And so I think it's a give or take right there with the offensive line and, and quarterbacks. But ultimately... These guys coming in, right? You got six offensive linemen coming in and, you know, and obviously one's a preferred walk-on. So you got five scholarship guys right now as of today coming in the offensive line. They should all take pride into as they develop and hopefully if they get out there at the same time with Dylan and or Daniel Kalen, that they are going to protect those guys. There should be a bond with these offensive linemen and and their quarterbacks Mm -hmm. and all of their offensive players. Uh, That goes a little bit deeper than just saying, you know what? you know, we're, we're just in the same class as the number one overall quarterback in, uh, 2020, 24 is a 24 class. Right.
2: And Hey, nils around. So Dylan can take him out to steak dinner once a week or something. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They got probably probably telling him to, yeah. Well, you better, you better look, those are the dudes that, uh, you know, help you stay above right. And stay keep you healthy. I mean, you know, when I was in Houston, I'd always did do something for the D line, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. they got a thankless job offensive line you don't hear about offensive linemen generally, you know, obviously, especially around here in Nebraska, because, you know, we're trying to reestablish a, you know, identity across the, you know, obviously being, you know, with the pipeline, you know, generally you haven't heard about these this offensive line or these linemen individually that much in a, in a positive light. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure when they're doing a good job for you that you're taking good care of them, taking them out for pizza, bowling, hanging around with them. You know, that bond, which you, you know, that you have off the field will play will play out on the field as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think it's a good class for Nebraska. I'm sure they're excited and, um, you know, happy. They got a couple flips, and then they got some guys that they were able to double da- double down on. So I think we're going to take a break and come back, and I really want to dive into some of the guys that obviously haven't been talked about a lot. So I'm thinking about, you know, um, the, the Roger Gradney, obviously Daniel Kalen, the Davon Hall. I want to talk about the Willis McGahee, Isaiah McMorris, these type of guys, because those are the ones that are kind of be your uh that can really take your class to be special. You know what I'm saying? If you get say if some of those guys exceed expectations, the Mario Brufords, all right, you know, the the Keelan Smith, where does where does Quinn Clark fit in? Six five, one ninety. Listen, he's listed as a wide receiver right now. I got to see what his mentality is coming from Montana. Bozeman, there's probably some good hunting up there. I know there's some <laughs> good fishing. I've seen it on Instagram. But you think about him, Quinn Clark, and w- if if he has the right mentality, we can get him in a weight program. Oh, I, 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 no offense. Your, your hand might be in the dirt because as I always say <laughs> about Joey Porter, then you think about a Vincent, Vincent Shavers that they've probably been working on so quite some time under the radar. Then you have a guy right here. From Littleton, Colorado, Rex Guthrie, okay? Nobody's talked about him, right? Middle of the, I guess, a 86, so he's a more higher-ranked three-star. Gives you position flexibility. When you think of Rex Guthrie, you think of Isaac Gifford. Mm. Jack of all trades, right? You know, if he gets to about 210 and keeps the speed and quickness, then he can move into the box on third down. Can be kind of that rover, right? That can allow some of your other safeties that are maybe a little bit more athletic and, and have a little bit more experience, especially coming from where he came from as far as his league to really, really play. And you you, you know, Donovan Jones, we already talked about him. So you got some guys in there that you can really, really uh, cash in on um, if they, you know, choose to take the path that's uh, the best for him. So we're going to take a quick break, talk about some other guys in the class, Jay Foreman, Austin Norman. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to 937 The Ticket's coverage of Early National Signing Day, sponsored by Members Own Credit Union on 937 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation,